Hello, and welcome to the V the Various podcast. My name is Tim Previtt, and I have had the joy of being with Redshift Online, Redshift Radio as it was, since the summer of 2012. In the intervening eight years, I have had the joy of interviewing a variety of different guests across a whole spectrum of different subjects. This first season of V for Various is going to be made up of shows from that time which were used on Redshift Radio and edited for Redshift Online's podcasts. So obviously any dates that you hear to forthcoming events, releases, etc., no longer apply, but the content is still very, very relevant. Now, I've had to change the name of my podcast from what was something different on Redshift Radio to V for Various, and that is because somebody's already got a something different podcast, which is quite vexing, but never mind. Enjoy this first season of formerly something different shows on my new V for Various podcast. Please subscribe, and if you want to get in touch to feature on a future show, you can email me, Tim Prevett, that's P-R-E-V-E-T-T, at gmail.com. You can also find me on all the usual social media channels. Thank you for listening, and remember, please subscribe. We're going to be talking about epitaphs and gravestones, graveyards, etc. before very long, and I'll be introducing my guests actually after this next track. I do beg your pardon. But so epitaphs can also be more poetic. It can be the things that we leave behind us. And this week, this weekend, this week, has sadly seen the, the death of a couple of influential musicians. One of them is uh, Reg Presley, who is the lead singer, or was the lead singer of The Trogs, and wrote thing wrote such music as Wild Thing and Love Is All Around, which was covered by The Wets in or late 80s, if I remember correctly, maybe into the 90s. Fitting in with the remit of the show, Reg Presley was also quite a serious UFO researcher and crop circle enthusiast and would take a lot of the profits he made of um, his songwriting and um, song selling and use them for his research. So uh, anyway, rest in peace, Reg Presley. And his kind of epitaph, of course, will be his music, a legacy of, of good, catchy music known the world over. So this is going to be uh, a couple minutes of Wild Thing. Is something different, and each week I like to bring something different, and if possible, something outside of the usual kind of content you may get on a radio show, or outside of the usual kind of music you might get on a radio show. And uh, we will be bringing some music themed around epitaphs and graveyards, believe it or not, a little later in the show. There is a King Crimson track called Epitaph, it's about eight minutes long as prog rock tends to do go on for a bit which is okay but uh um anyway i better introduce my guest hadn't i she got a little bit delayed coming in and i was feeling oh is she gonna make it but anyway she did there's a tap at the window and i sprinted down the corridor just before the news and uh welcomed the lady into the building and i'm really pleased to introduce rena tillinger hello rena hi tim hi well welcome to redshift i understand you've been on a helen gregory show before for a bit that's right yep and you've just published a book or had a book published and have a, an unusual perhaps interest yes i'm absolutely obsessed with headstone inscriptions and epitaphs okay and that's caused you to write this book published last autumn i think was it yep yes it's called tiptoe through the tombstones Dead, interesting inscriptions, and it's all about Cheshire. Cheshire. Why? What's brought you to Cheshire? A lovely Englishman. Okay. Then <laughs> <laughs> you, you say you've been here about twenty years or something. We've been yes. chatting off air. I met my husband at Indiana University, and he said we'd live in Chester for two years, and it's been two decades. Right. <laughs> and four children later. Yeah. Yes, uh, I, I love it here. Yeah, I can, I can understand Chester as well. I worked as a tour guide in Chester for several years. When you know the Romans, you get marching around? You were one of I, them? I was one of them. And I did it in, in Manchester at the Museum of Science and Industry for a bit as well. With your sexy legs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And Yeah, and uh, I occasionally cover for the ghost tours in Chester as oh, well. I've been on one so, of those. Uh, Wonderful. Yeah. So Ch- Chester gets its teeth into you well and good. So, it so I, I've not been to every city in, the, in Britain, but um, Chester is my favourite in England and Edinburgh is my favourite in Scotland. Really, really? Yeah. So we'll touch on Edinburgh later on because it's got some really good tombs and uh, I know you've not been but I, I will enthuse no, about it. No, my daughter lives there. Yeah, She's right. at Edinburgh Uni. 
Brilliant. <laughs> right, so we're going to work out where we're going to take the show during the next track, and this next track is an amazing piece of music, hugely influential, and it was indeed something different when it came out. There wasn't anything that sounded quite like it when it arrived on the scene, and I don't think it's actually anything since it sounds quite like it. <laughs> right, let's get into the topic matter to hand and I'll uh, ask Rena to unpack a bit more about her <laughs> love of graveyards and epitaphs. Why graveyards? Why epitaphs? Well, I was writing um, for Cheshire Life maybe eight or nine years ago and the editor told me to always go into a village in Cheshire with a shop, a post office, and a, and a church. And, and in the churchyards, I could not believe all the wonderful headstones covered up with schmutz, as mm-hmm. I call it. And so I started pulling off the vines, and I took a washing-up brush, and I dusted off the words. And I couldn't believe these wonderful epitaphs and inscriptions. And I started writing them down, and... I finally put them together into a book and, and it's been published and I, I hope that you enjoy them because they are inspirational. They're a celebration of life. Indeed, they are so much wisdom, um, yeah, sort of pithy yes. sayings and uh, proverbs. And I guess some people would like to make a bit of a joke about their life or be remembered humorously. <laughs> like, I think, is, is it Spike? Are you familiar with Spike Milligan, the British comedian? Yes, I, I, I am. And I think, wasn't his epitaph was, I told you I was ill? Yes, <laughs> and I have an American one here, you can oh, see. Yeah. And All right, yeah, BP Roberts, I told you I was sick, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it happens on both sides of the Atlantic. But also, sadly, I've lost both of my parents. Right. Okay. And in the cemetery where they're buried, they're, for a husband and wife, the husband says he had so many stories. And on the wife's headstone, and she loved all of them. Oh. <laughs> I don't good. think she really did. But, <laughs> but still, it's, it's just wonderful what you can find. And it's like a treasure hunt every time you step into a cemetery or graveyard. Indeed, yeah, I completely get it. I'm not so much into the epitaphs, though. I do look at them, and sometimes they grab me, but I just love, love the feel of it. And it's just the big Victorian graveyards that are spread out for a, like a mile or two. And um, the styles of tombstone, the, the, the wildlife, the feel of it, yeah, magic. I agree with uh. all that, but I, I don't focus on it, and I should, uh. because you're absolutely right. There, There's a, a peacefulness, and there... The trees, and did you know the cemeteries were the forerunner of the public park? Okay. And in the Victorian era, the um, bereaved used to go and have a picnic at the foot of their loved one's gravestone. Indeed, the Romans, which mentioned Romans, the Romans would have a picnic on their beloved's grave on the anniversary, I think, or maybe of their I... death or of their birthday, can't remember which one, but they would go to the grave, have a picnic on the grave, and even port, I think they would make apertures leave apertures into the tomb below and pour um, offerings of wine in. And so, like, they have, have a party with, with the dead still present. I did not that's know a, that. So that's rather, rather, I think it's rather nice. I think <laughs> sometimes, in some ways, death can be quite a taboo subject in today's world. Mm. And it, it becomes like a rude intrusion into a, a world where we're trying to ignore mortality. But I think some of the other cultures and um, ancient cultures' attitudes sort of includes the dead in the moment, they're not dead and gone, but they're, they're dead, but here still. I couldn't agree with you more. So. It's so funny. Last year, I was in South America in, in four different countries. And, when, and in Chile, the tour guide said, I'll take you anywhere. And I said, please take me to an old cemetery. And he said in his 40 years as a tour guide, no one ever asked him that. So we go into one, just beautiful flowers everywhere. Okay, I, I can admit they were plastic or fabric. But anyway, we dusted off some epitaphs and inscriptions. He translated them from the Spanish. And um, he was really touched. And, and the driver ended up lighting a candle in a nearby shrine. Both of them were very moved. And I think... 
a lot of people around the world stay out of cemeteries and they don't know what they're missing. I completely agree with you. <laughs> Fabulous. Now, you've got, um, we're going to have a, a good number of examples this evening, I reckon, to stretch over the show. Do you want to just throw in a couple of, of uh, epitaphs where yes. people might find them and then we'll head into some music? Okay, I did not find these. These are rather humorous, but this is one from Vermont. Here lies the body of our Anna, done to death by a banana. It wasn't the fruit that laid her low, but the skin of the thing that made her go. Oh, crumbs. So she's <laughs> obviously stepped on a banana peel. And then here's one from Virginia. She always said her feet were killing her, but nobody believed her. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> so my feet kill me sometimes. This is for a man named Penny from England. Reader, if cash thou art in want of any, dig four feet deep and thou wilt find a penny. Okay. <laughs> That's quite old. And then you've heard this one from Tombstone, Arizona. Here lies Lester Moore, four slugs from a 44. No less, no more. <laughs> like an, was it a cowboy or something like that? Yeah. Back it in the days of like settlers. It. Here's one from Pennsylvania. And then I need to get into the music. Okay. Here lies the body of Jonathan Blake. Stepped on the gas instead of the brake. Oh, dear. Big mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay, right. We're going to have some more music. Okay, yeah, you are back in the studio with Tim, um, myself, and my guest, Rina, Rina Tillinger, from the US originally, but been in the UK something like 20 years or so now, married a British man, an Englishman, and um, has a passion, a love of churchyards and epitaphs. Okay, so you have some from Cheshire to offer yes, us. Yes, well, I live um, in a place called Plumstall in Mickle Trafford, and one of the first um, in scri- uh, uh, sorry, epitaphs I found was from 1872 for a 52-year-old man. He suffered long but murmured not. We watched him day by day grow less and less with aching heart until he passed away. And that's so um, touching. And also it shows how the language has changed. Murmured. He murmured not. He didn't complain. Yep. So, so that's interesting from a linguistics point of view. Okay. Plemstall Churchyard. Now, there is a tomb on there that's got um, a skeleton depicted, and he's got an arrow stuck in his yes. chest. Is is that the yes. one? That is the one. Yeah, fantastic. That's very spooky in a thunderstorm. Uh, I bet. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's a good tomb, that is. And it's just down the lane from um, the Holy Well to uh, St. Plegmund, who was an Archbishop of Canterbury. You they? know your Cheshire history. Well, uh, it's just, <laughs> just lucky that I know that yes. some of the ones that you do. Because uh, yeah, with the talk of the new Archbishop this week. That's right, that's right. And um, inside the church, it's also spectacular. And the Reverend Toogood, who was the vicar for 40 years. That was a good thing for a vicar. Yeah, isn't it? Too good. (laughs) Um, He carved some beautiful carvings for the church, but unfortunately, someone tried to steal the lead. All right. Maybe you read that in um, the Chester Chronicle, and there's been water damage okay. on that beautiful carved wood. Yeah, well, metal thefts, all sorts, is yeah. a, a big problem. But uh, yes, it does happen. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that was one at Plemstall, uh, just east of Chester, isn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know if you've heard of Hargrave in Hargrave Churchyard. Affliction sore, long time I bore. Physicians were in vain. Till God did please to give me ease and take me from my pain. So back then, people didn't have sicknesses, illnesses, or diseases. They had afflictions. And she really lets the doctors have it. So her doctor probably had to leave town. Physicians were in vain. So that's kind of amusing. Okay. Uh, Any more? Yes. This is for an 18-year-old boy, and this this really touched me. In perfect health, he left his home, not thinking that his time had come. Sudden change upon him fell, not time to bid his friend farewell. That's from 1879. Now, what would have taken an 18-year-old boy so suddenly? Was it an accident? It was it some sort of illness? Mm-hmm. You really wonder. And this is 
back in 1879. Exactly. Right, yes. Victorian sort of illnesses and plagues and epidemics. Afflictions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think sort of cholera and things like that, which mm. were still fairly prevalent even in those times. That's right. And okay. then I went over to um, over Peaver Church. Maybe you know General Patton was stationed in nearby Peaver Hall. Okay. No, no I don't. No, no. But, uh, yeah, that was a fascinating um, churchyard. And we found... <laughs> We found twice um, inscriptions about people being killed by lightning. Oh, wow. Isn't that unbelievable? And here's one from 1821. Just a moment. On the subject of being struck by lightning, have you visited, um, is it, I think it's uh, All Saints Church near Scholar Green on the way out of Kids Grove. It's almost on the Staffordshire border. No. There was a church service there, I think Victorian or maybe Georgian period, and there was a thunderstorm during the church service, and a good number of the people in the church were killed in a thunderstorm. You're kidding. <laughs> no. That happened in Neston on the Wirral. Okay. Wow, these thunderstorms used to be really deadly. <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore. Well, this is part of a, a long one, but how sudden was the awful stroke? How blazed the dreadful sheet, suspecting not her early doom, so quick her feet, fate to meet. So, yeah, the, and one has a, a mother and her four-year-old son. Okay. So that was surprising to find. And then there was a six-foot-high uh, Celtic cross for a 19-year-old boy who died in 1873, again at Over Peaver Churchyard, from a gunshot wound by an unmerciful hand, whilst in the execution of his duty in higher Peaver woods. In prime of life he was cut down. He in health and strength depended when a coward's hand stretched forth his blow, and soon his life was ended. With grief this news soon reached his home to father and mother dear, which now are left his loss to mourn without that son so near. That's brilliant. And you can still feel the the grief of the parents after all these yes. decades. Indeed. One of the, one of the reasons I, I prefer to looking at older graves in cemeteries is so somebody you go looking around the, the modern infant graves and child graves and they think that's just, just a bit too recent, a bit too raw. Um, I agree. The, the passage of time, it conveys the feeling without it being too raw and in your face. So. <laughs> Been asking... On Redshift's Facebook page, what would be your epitaph? And we have the ones that I can read out. Um, I will bring you away in just a moment. It's just disappeared. John Cheek, he presents the, the Bigger Picture show, which I think is Fridays at 1. I hope that's correct, John. He says, Servant of Christ, well done. Coming from a faith perspective. Mark Sheeky, just wait. I'm going to be a great zombie. Oh. Uh, David Stockton, here lies David Stockton and he's annoyed. Okay, I've slightly edited that one. John Maidment, if you hear unusual noises, ring this number. Alistair Wiseman, I think he's taking off the fast show here. Are you familiar with the fast yeah, show? Sure. Yeah, like, like this season I'd be mostly wearing uh, uh, straw or something like that. <laughs> he says, uh, this season I have been mostly being reincarnated. Um, Phil Sykes, um, don't be fooled. Jason Podmore, see, I told you it was live. Sue Dewhurst tried hard. Uh, Stephen Roberts, he did his best. Rachel Brayton, she liked a Big Mac. Susan, oh, this is a bit uh, um, relevant um, in the news. Susan Duncan says, I was treated at Stafford Hospital. Oh, boy, and <laughs> survived. Oh, no, and didn't survive. <laughs> yes. um, okay, one I rather like myself. Uh, are, are you familiar with text speak, Rena? when people put shorthand in their text? Or well, my chat? kids do it. <laughs> do, you, do you know what BRB means? No, bring your, no. Be right back. No, I don't. If know you're doing that. internet chat and you can you go BRB, that means really? you be right back. And mm-hmm. I, and I have seen somebody um goth somewhere sort of do up a, up a tombstone with BRB on it. So like, oh my gosh, be right back. Well, I saw in a tombstone a website address carved uh-huh. in there. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I swear it. <laughs> what yeah. next? You can yeah. just go online and visit the person's life. <laughs> yeah, do, do, do you know those codes you can get for smartphones where you like you? you I, I I haven't got a smartphone, but like you you, you scan this sort of black and white box 
on your phone and it will take you to a web page. Now, like a barcode? It's similar to that idea, but it, oh. it will take you straight to a web page dedicated to that information. There has been talk of one authority somewhere in the UK where they're going to do the smart phone um, codes, QR codes, I think that's the term for it, and, um, and each person's grave can have a QR code, so if you're going past their grave, you could put your smartphone against their grave, no. and then you'd be taken to a webpage about the person. It's a new world. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it's a new afterworld. <laughs> After I don't life. know how, yeah, how durable <laughs> that would be. Like in three, four hundred years' time, you're going to be able to wander around and use these QR codes. Goodness knows what, if if we're all Gosh. still here, I don't know. But uh, at least like the physicality of tombstones lasts. If it's not dodgy sandstone, because that just erodes and crumbles and cracks. Well, I I just came back from China, believe it or not. I was teaching English for three and a half months, and I was so surprised. They have little tombs that are built in the shape of a house. Mm -hmm. So in the afterlife, um, the deceased can live in a house. Oh, wow. And it's two stories or one story, depending on the type of house the person had. It's cool. unbelievable. Now, during the song, we were nattering about um, graves from murders. Is right. It, uh, well, I I have. Are you um, left on the right page there? Um, not exactly. <laughs> I'm. I'm. What still, would you like to? What are you ready to talk about? Well, now? I'm ready to. I want to finish up Cheshire. Okay. Maybe you've heard of Hellsby. Yeah. And have you ever climbed Hellsby Hill? No, I need to because there's an INH hill fort up there. You know? Yes, yeah. there is. Uh, so. <laughs> well, I climb it on a regular basis. And one day when I was gravestoning, as I call it, not tombstoning, but gravestoning, I found this for a little seven-year-old girl who died in 1885. And it says, who met her death by falling off Hellsby Hill. Oh, no. Seven-year-old girl. And it is treacherous up there. Also, we found this for a World War I soldier, and that is the biggest heartbreak of gravestoning in England. France, you find all over the country, and this one is for a 22-year-old boy who died in 1916. Sleep on, dear son, in a soldier's grave. Your life for your country you nobly gave. We could not be with you to say goodbye but now in God's keeping, you safely lie. Now, I don't even know if the French realize that their, the name of their country is all over, is carved into headstones all over Britain. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very heartbreaking. Also, I've come upon um, gravestones for women who died in childbirth. And you yeah. can figure it out because... They have died, and then their baby has died a few days later or on the same day. I also came upon the Manchester Ship Canal um, disaster, a, a gravestone from 1891. Ten men lost their lives building that canal. And um, in Audlem, have you ever been there? Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. St. James the Great Church, yeah. Yes. Well, this is on the streetlight, and it's honoring the surgeon Oh, yeah, in the, in the middle of yes. the little island, a little triangular <laughs> yes, island. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and it speaks about even the um, physician is subject to mortality or something. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, he died in 1877. He was the surgeon for 40 years. He only was 68. And exactly, that's what it says. By medicine, life may be prolonged. Yet death will seize the doctor too. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, quite grim. Yes, very, very macabre. Any more before I announce the next yes, piece of music? Yes, I would like to move to East Sussex. I've only oh, wow. been there once, and it was in Hamsey Church, and, and everything down south seems to be more worn off than it is in Cheshire. But my husband found this. It's for a 44-year-old man who died in 1842 who was caught in the machinery of a mill and was killed in an instant. So that's the inscription. The, the epitaph is, By accident from labor torn, a father sleeps below. Twelve children and their mother mourn the keenness of the blow. Oh, very touching. Okay, we'll have another piece of music, and then we'll fit in a couple more before the news. This is a track from B.B. King. I think it's a bit bluesy, and it's called See That My Grave Is Kept Clean. <laughs> 
Now, Rena's book here tiptoed through the tombstones, dead interesting inscriptions subtitled, with a churchyard chum, Di Hanningley. Um, in the back, there are two pictures of tombstones with their would-be epitaphs at the back. R.I.P. Rena Tillinger. She's, she searched gravestones for epitaphs and inscriptions with interesting and quirky and poignant descriptions. And her co-author, yeah, Di Hanning-Lee, she said life was too short to tolerate rough wine or indifferent men. There we go. <laughs> I'm sure there must be a story behind that epitaph. Rena Tillinger, who's just had a book published, tiptoe through the tombstones, dead interesting inscriptions, and uh, that's been the basis for some of what we're talking about tonight. And where can people get hold of this, uh, Rena? Um, it's been reprinted with photographs, um, so give so, it a, a month or two. Okay. But um, it should be available on Amazon, and I hope to get it into bookstores throughout Cheshire because Good. it's about our community. Okay. Well, ring me an email when, when you do get it into bookstores okay. and I will give it another plug. And we do this, this show so. will be on our Listen Again facility, which we use on Mixcloud. Oh, fantastic. So, okay. So, tombstone, tiptoe through the tombstones, Rena Tillinger, T-I-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. Yeah, you go. Now, okay, you have some more that you'd like to share with yes, us. Yes, well... I went back home to um, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Someone's got to be from there. And my cemetery, Lin Lindenwood Cemetery, was actually designed and built by an Englishman, John Doswell, who was a landscape gardener who had worked at Kew Gardens. Oh, wow. So my hometown cemetery is beautiful. <laughs> and... um but it was very um, overgrown and and damaged, and I found this for a, a captain in the the Civil War. He was fifty one, who fell while valiantly leading us to the charge and storming Missionary Ridge, and that was in eighteen sixty three. And it said his sword had been twice hit and bent almost to a bow. But reining it above his head, he was cheering us on when he fell shot twice through the head by rebel sharpshooters. And I just couldn't believe that I found this. And Missionary Ridge took place in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It was a defining skirmish of the Civil War. So this man is most likely buried in Tennessee, but his family erected this headstone in Indiana for him. Oh, my. Okay. Mm. And also in in Lindenwood Cemetery was Homer Van Meter. Maybe you've heard of John Dillinger, the famous um, bank robber. <laughs> to be honest, I, no, no. Oh, no, what a no. shame! I, I would be humoring you if I said yes. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, this um, this man died at age twenty nine in nineteen thirty four, betrayed by a woman, and he had killed three policemen. And he died in a hail of bullets. He was shot to pieces, and his body had at least two dozen <laughs> gunshot wounds. And um, I wrote an epitaph for him. One of the Dillinger gang, his life ended with a bang. Am I? Short that, and sweet. A, a tomb, an, an epitaph which I know of, um, it's in Newcastle under Lyme, which isn't too far from oh, here. Oh, I've been there. Um, it's in the churchyard of St. Margaret. So I have visited it myself and photographed the, the, the tombstone, which has now fallen flat and oh, fractured. But the, it's of a, a young lass, um, Sarah Smith, deceased in 1783. And it's one of the most shocking gravestones I've ever read. And it has a short poem um, that says, With half a point... Half a pint of poison, he came to visit me and then provides a clue to her killer. It was C B who brought me to my end. Wow. So that's it's, unique. Yeah, it's nearly oh. naming a murderer on the tombstone. If I had found that, I, oh, you, you have to show me that during the next break. Yep. Incredible. Wow. Well, um, I was going to wait, but I might as well jump into my murdered people. Okay. This is the headstone of a murdered man in Australia in Port Douglas Cemetery who met his death by cruel and treacherous murder. And it was his wife and her boyfriend, an Englishman, who killed him. And she was the only woman ever to be hanged in Queensland. So that was pretty amazing to find that. Also, 
We found a constable who was, quote, who was killed by, a, by ab, an aborigine whilst in the execution of his duty. So we don't know the story, but yes, two, two people who were murdered also in um, Australia. Now, on the theme of graves, gravestones and um, epitaphs, have you ever come across any graves that have been deliberately reoriented in their um, direction in graveyards? Oh. I, I can tell you of two. Really? No. Yeah. I mean, the wind has blown them over, but no. no. Actually, the, the, the graves have either been dug up and re, um, removed to be in a different direction or deliberately buried facing the opposite direction. No. Toward you. Okay. Two of these. One is also in Stoke-on-Trent. Mm-hmm. Um, the Churchyard of St. John's in Burslem. There is uh, the grave of Molly Lever, who in the 1740s was a, uh, I think, a, a milkmaid, carried milk. And, um, she didn't go to church and she fell out of favour with the local clergy. Now, um, people called her a witch, thought she was in league with the devil, but she had a, a familiar. Now, this, this figure, she actually did exist. Um, on the day she died... Uh, and on, beg your pardon, on, on the day of her funeral, the, the clergy, the clergyman returning home afterwards believed that he saw her spirit with her familiar sitting in her chair. Going to the pub to fetch a group of other clergymen, they then went back to the grave which had been buried that day facing east-west. Now, um, they buried her facing north, if I remember correctly. So they dug the grave up and reoriented it 90 degrees. So you go into the cemetery and you see all the graves sort of east-west, and there's one grave at right angles to all the others. Um, and that was with a view of trying to trap her spirit and stop her wandering as a witch after the grave. So that's the grave of Molly Lee in Burslem, in Stoke-on-Trent. And I'm trying... Rushton Spencer, thank you very much. There's a grave <laughs> in Rushton Spencer, which is just literally over the Staffordshire border from Cheshire, um, up past Congleton, not far from the Leak Macclesfield Road. Okay. And there, there's a grave there, which is also... Um, Oh, it's, it's at 180 degrees. It's around the wrong way. It's facing mm-hmm. west instead of east. And oh, I can't remember the guy's name. And he was murdered. He um, he had been uh, an apothecary, a chemist, down in Stone, further south in Staffordshire. Oh, yes, and had fallen in love with the daughter of the, his boss. Um, his boss must have thought he was an unsuitable uh, suitor for his daughter. The lad concerned underwent a rapid illness died was buried without much inquest at all he used to do his rounds with a donkey an ass um which they they seem to have a very good working relationship (laughs) this mule kept going back to the grave and pouring at the grave about a year after the the lad was was buried there was sufficient reason to do an exhumation of the guy and when the coffin was up taken up and opened up oh, there were scratch marks underneath oh, horrible so the lad had been murdered or oh murdered uh, uh had been poisoned to have the yeah, appearance of death yeah. been buried came <gasps> to in the grave oh that is just creepy so then they oh, exhumed him man. and re- returned his body back to the church where he came from oh. which was Rushton spencer uh, in right. north staffordshire and then oh. because of the traumatic nature of his death they oriented his grave around the other way just believing about it somehow oh. trap his spirit but i can't remember the epitaph i'm gonna have a dig around for it now i've remembered okay. the church and it, it does state the conditions of wow. his uh death that is amazing see i i've i've gone to you know maybe 250 wow um, i know it's a lot um graveyards but um i haven't heard stories like this yeah have you heard of, you've heard of Middle Witch Church. Did you know? St. Michael and Angels, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Did you know there's um, this um, epitaph? Some women have children and some have none, but here lies the mother of 21. Yeah, that rings a bell. You about. might know yeah. that. Because what, in Chester, in Overly Cemetery, there is a woman and her inscription reads, Mother of 33 children. My goodness. So you poor, think 21 is a lot. Well, apparently the woman with 33 children had a lot of twins. Okay. So that so, makes you uh, feel a little less it was, yes, was traumatized. You think she'd be giving birth almost every year of her life. That's that right. right. So, Have you been to Wem in Shropshire? Wem, Wem. Um, no, I've not been to it. I've been through it on the train many times, but not actually oh, stopped. Right. Well, this was a, um, from 1842. Oh, what is life? 
the transient wish of all, a drop of honey in a cup of gall. Oh my! I know what kind of <laughs> that's a cup half empty mentality, <laughs> isn't it? It's so true. Okay, one more before we have some okay, music. Okay, also from Wem, she was anxious to see the day when her dear soul must leave its clay. Death came with wings so swift at last, and soon the storm of life was past. And I use that expression now, the storm of life. So if everything's all hectic and chaotic, I'll say, well, someday the storm of life will be past. Oh, comes. <laughs> but you get so many really great little expressions. Death came with wings. Just so descriptive, the yeah. Victorians. Right, we have some more music now. This is Lyle Lovett, Good Intentions. Another epitaph mentioned to me was that she wasn't good, but she had good intentions. Oh, I like it. <laughs> so there we go. Okay, just to quickly pick up the, the threads from our conversation just before Lyle Lovett's Good Intentions. The grave is Sarah Smith and Wolfstanton, which is our part of Newcastle under Lyme. The full inscription reads, Here lieth the body of Sarah Smith, daughter of Samuel and Martha Smith of Bradwell Park, who departed this life November 29th, 1763, and in the 21st year of her age. And then this is the bit that's really quite shocking. It was C-S... New word, B dash 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 W, that brought me to my end. Dear parents, mourn not for me, for God will stand, my friend. With half a pint of poison, he came to visit me. Write this on my grave, that all that read it may see. Absolutely shocking. Amazing. I hope they really did put him behind bars or maybe ended yeah. up on the end of a noose. You don't know. Okay, so you wanted to take us to Tilston Fernal, was that right? Yes. Now, that church has always looked haunted to me. And one day I stopped and I went into the graveyard and I didn't find anything except at the last minute I saw the word bride on a headstone. And it was for a 21-year-old girl who died in May of 1863. And it says, Mysterious are the Almighty's ways, who took the bride of 14 days. Okay. And I actually went to the Chester Records office and tried to find something about this girl. Her name's Sarah Ann Corbett. I couldn't find a thing. I'm sure if I was a BBC researcher, I would. But there's a story there. How could she die two weeks after she got married? It was it's heartbreaking. Bride should never appear on a gravestone. Yeah. Also, um, something else sad is um, at Overlee Cemetery, Chester's large cemetery, is the grave of Edward Langtree. Now he was the husband of Lily Langtree, who you may know was mistress to Prince, or well later King Edward the Seventh. And he um, stumbled and fell on a ferry from Ireland to England, and he he died at the Chester um, at the Diva Asylum. Okay, oh very my. sad. Also, I don't know if you've heard of the chewing gum girl. She's buried in Overly Cemetery. She was three years old, and she really died of whooping cough. But they said she choked to death on chewing gum to discourage children from chewing it. And there was even a little rhyme. Chewing gum, chewing gum made of wax brought me to my grave at last. When I die, God will say, throw that dirty stuff away. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Don't stick it under tables and put it in a bin. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> oh. So do you have any particularly favorite cemeteries, places you like to hang out? Or, um, or do you mainly just go looking for the inscriptions now? I love the thrill of the new. I love to go to to an old overgrown cemetery. And this one in North Wales, Glen Ross Church, it was a treasure trove of graves. But the best one we found, I went with my friend who lives there, was for, for a woman who died in 1824. Here lieth the body of poor Betty, who upwards of 50 years was a houseless, wandering maniac. <laughs> I kid you not. Eighteen twenty four, I have a picture of it. Yeah. And she was such a local character, they preserved her memory um in a headstone. So you really appreciate the people who carved this. 
It's, I know, it's, it's just everybody should spend more time in graveyards. Really should. It's really good stuff. So true. <laughs> On Twitter, Pat Phillips at PMP Consultancy says, "I quite like uh, quite like what Blackadder's was. Here lies Edmund Blackadder, and he is very annoyed. I think somebody else was uh, paraphrasing that earlier on as well. I can't read the." Um, the qualifying word for annoyed because it's 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 uh, a bit rude and I, I I don't want to lose my job here at Redshift. I rather love doing these <laughs> shows. So anyway, so yes, best Ad- Edmund Blackadder. Uh, Rena, you have some more in- inscriptions to share with us. Yes, I'll just finish off um, Wales. Okay, I found this in Troydon Churchyard. T R E U D D Y N Troydon. Anyway, <laughs> nine years in bed, three years without a voice. 20 years an invalid, but now I do rejoice. <laughs> so that poor woman, she really suffered. <laughs> but now she's rejoicing, so good for her. This is from Boughton Church. At six at morn, I went to work to earn my daily bread. Before six at night, the Lord called me to be numbered with the dead. Now what happened to him? Yeah, you're so Before curious. Before six I at night, which I know he he woke up and at six in the morning went to. Well, that that sounds like it might have been written by somebody else for him. Well, I know exactly, exactly. <laughs> As he's dying, this is my that's right, epitaph. That's right. Yeah. Um, they're in first person. Some of these <laughs> these inscriptions. Now, if I if I may jump to New Zealand, where I went to about thirty cemeteries, and this is after the first um, earthquake in Christchurch. Okay. So there were um, oh, it was heartbreaking. There were um, bits and pieces of headstones laying on tires, which I thought was a good idea, so they wouldn't get scraped and okay. scratched. Yeah. But um, I actually um, broke my rib in New Zealand to bring you some of these <laughs> inscriptions. This was in Wellington Cemetery, and it was split by a motorway, unfortunately. But in 1844, a father and his two children, quote, died of wounds murderously inflicted by rebel natives early in the evening and were laid in this grave together. So that means the Maoris killed the father and his two small children mm-hmm. in 1844. That poor mother to lose the three of them. Also in Wellington, um, a shark bite. Um, a 19-year-old boy died of a shark bite when bathing in Lambton Harbor, one of Wellington's harbors. Yeah. My goodness. Know. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to hurt. Um, Queenstown. Have you heard of that? That's on the, in the South Island. Have you been to New Zealand? No, 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 no. The, the furthest south I've made it is um, south of Spain, which has started off the year. No, oh, have you been to the graveyards in Spain? No. They don't do stones at all. They do these beautiful, intricate um, metal kind of um, yeah, is mar- it s- grave markers similar to the graves you might get in Arizona. When I was in Arizona, we visited place um, Jerome and the Sedona, and we, we did a ghost tour. And really? uh, what we, um, one of them involved a, a tale from somebody who, whose grave was was in the cemetery. And when we went to the side of the cemetery, it was dark by that point. But there were lots of of metal. Um, no, I metal crosses and intricate curved really? carved crosses. So I don't know if maybe some of that Hispanic okay. culture is. Oh. Translated with the burial, because like the Day of the Dead and things like that is a big thing for Mexico. It's a big culture. I bet that's why I haven't seen them. I would be curious to. We'll have a photograph somewhere. (laughs) Okay, okay. I found um, another one for um, a man who perished in the snow on Mount Gilbert while trying to save his flock. Mm-hmm. So that's quite detailed. And here's for a 10-year-old boy who died in 1878 from the effects of a fall from his pony. Very sad. Now, I went to Benalla Cemetery um, and found relatives of Ned Kelly mm-hmm. buried in the Benalla oh, wow. Cemetery. <laughs> so his cousin, Thomas Lloyd, died in 1900 at the age of 69 and some some um, people call him the fifth member of the Ned Kelly gang. And uh, so that was interesting to find his grave. 
it's great to meet somebody who's when they go to a foreign country like myself is wants to go and look in the graveyard stare um like it's, it's a really big deal how a culture how a country deals with its dead it's it's something so significant and sort of de- definitive of our life that i God, it's it's really good mm. just to, to see how it's done. And uh, well, I went to Finland, oh, to twenty ten, I think it was August twenty ten, and I only had two two days really to do stuff before we went across the Baltic to Estonia. And the best part of one of my days there, I spent three, maybe four hours in the Finnish state cemetery in Helsinki, and it is vast, absolutely spreading out thousands of different memorials they had like a russian orthodox section yeah. and they had lots of pictures actually real sort of photographs embedded into the oh. into the graves of the people um whose graves they were yeah. there was the jewish section of the cemetery which i'd never been in a jewish cemetery before mm-hmm. and, and it was interesting seeing all the he- hebrew mm. I, I, I did do did do um some uh Hebrew when I did my theology degree, but I've forgotten it, practically all of it, so I couldn't read anything. But I it, was sent to Hebrew school at, at age seven. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was my first foreign language. <laughs> so th- that was really cool. And, and I met lots of different wildlife. And then we had a torrential thunderstorm and and, um, oh. and rain. And uh, Thankfully, I'd borrowed a, an umbrella from the hotel. But it's great just to see these different cultures and the way of mm. presenting either the dead and the, the architecture of death that surrounds it. Mm. Well, I saw saw your footage of of the Helsinki cemetery and it reminded me of the Brisbane to Wong Cemetery in Queensland. This is Australia. Yeah, yeah, very similar. And um, it's supposed to be the most haunted cemetery in Australia. Oh, fantastic. It's and, right on my street. Um, <laughs> there's a statue of this man um, born, born in Edinburgh. And it even mentions the name of the ship he sailed to Australia on. But he apparently gets up from his pedestal and walks around the cemetery. I'm so glad he didn't do that when I was there. (laughs) But they had a huge uh, Jewish section as well. And this says, um, this is for a boy, and it says, who accidentally drowned whilst attempting to save the life of his sister. Oh, no. And my Hebrew is not very good without vowels, but I did find the word hamitzvah, and that means a good deed, and and that was a good deed, saving the life of his sister. Now, am I right? Hebrew typically does not have vowels, but more modern Hebrew does put dots in different yes. places to, to suggest vowels. I learned Hebrew with the dots, yeah. and uh, and I guess when you studied it, you did too. It was, but, uh, yeah. And yeah. then they take them away, and then I can it's... hardly pronounce anything. <laughs> but, but also at um, Tu Wong Cemetery, there were graves for um, soldiers who had died at Gallipoli. And um, there was um, a, um, the SS Pearl disaster when floodwaters caused a steamship to capsize. And a man apparently said, goodbye, I cannot swim. Remember me to my wife. And there's also um, a man who died from injuries received in a bicycle race on the Brisbane Cricket Ground track. So you just never know what you're going to come upon. But the Australians love to carve um, famous um, sayings onto their headstones. And we have Tennyson and Irving Berlin, Horace the poet, Roman poet. We are but dust and shadow. Robert Burns, man's inhumanity to man makes countless thousands mourn. And also, Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. So many hymns yep. are carved into headstones. Also, this is so shocking, Bonnie Parker of Bonnie and Clyde. She liked to write, and someone had her, one of her um, expressions by the sunshine and the dew, so to our world was made brighter by the lives of parents like you. Yeah, Bonnie Parker wrote that. <laughs> she ended up shot dead in Louisiana, yeah. you know, in an ambush the, uh, by Bonnie, Texas yeah, the police. Song. Bonnie and Clyde. 1934. Also, in Australia, you would find these Chinese burning towers because a lot of Chinese gold miners were there. And, and they were working... Um, on the gold mines, and they would burn paper prayers in these burning towers. Also, um, there was um, a mining disaster in 1921 that killed 75 miners. Oh, you played that song about the miners. But Holy Joe from Scabs, I think, was. Yeah. 
And my own father. You was, mentioned your father being a miner. Can was you believe it? it? A gold miner. He said he he was, would he mined quartz gold in Cornucopia, Oregon. Okay, that's the in the Pacific Northwest. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Even though he was from Detroit, so um, yeah, there there was a terrible mining disaster in North Wales in Gresford. Okay. I haven't been there. It's Wrexham way, isn't yes, it? Yeah. that's right. So yeah. I'm curious to, to get over there. <laughs> Rena, you've got some more bits and pieces to put I'm just going to finish up with Indianapolis, the capital of my home state, also known as Indiana No Place. All right, okay. <laughs> and it's, um, the Spring Hill Cemetery is the third largest in the United States. And I was just itching to get in there. And what do I see on the gate? A sign that says, no firearms or weapons allowed on this property. Well, do you think I ever saw a sign like that in Cheshire or Australia or New Zealand? No. And it just, it just was sad to, to think that this sign has to exist at all, but we won't go into American guns because that's a whole nother talk. My goodness, yes, indeed, yes. But um, but I found some Civil War graves, and I found, oh, I found an amazing tomb for a brigadier general, and I went online and I found out that he, after the Civil War, he went out to California to make a treaty with the Indians, and he got his throat slit. Oh, heavens. That was the end of him, oh. a very dignified man. And the only president of the United States, Benjamin Harrison, was um, bar- is buried in Indianapolis, and it says, Lawyer and publicist, statesman yet friend to truth, <laughs> in soul sincere and in action faithful. That's quite nice. Now I want to finish off, if, if now is the time, with my trip to Scotland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my daughter is a student, as I said, at Edinburgh University. And, um, and this is the most wonderful inscription, and I think about it all the time. Be wise in time, just madness do, to delay. <laughs> Isn't Indeed. that the best? Okay, so is that your final offering? That is my final. Be wise in time. It's madness to delay. Now, a church you need to go and check out, and I've been trying to find it online, is it's called Old St. Chad in the Fields. It's in the Cheshire. It's in Cheshire. So if you, <gasps> I've been to St. Chad's. In the Fields. It's a church right out, in, as its name suggests, in the Fields. It's a Victorian church. If you peep through, they've got like a, gar- a, a, a garage. I'm, I'm copying off you. Um, so what I do is I, I imprint off culture around me. Um, and if you look in there, they've got like a, a garage section. You, you will see a Victorian horse-drawn hearse locked up in the side. And there's just as you go through the gate, off to the right-hand side, there's a really sort of a saying about telling people to be sort of mindful of what they do in their lives because it's really short. Um, oh. I can't remember. Ah, me, Maybe uh, I haven't been there. It's, it's really it's really good. You, you would love it. It's so peaceful. And there's a good oh. ancient pub. Like you can park up next to the pub and go for a pint or whatever you, you drink before or after you visit to the church. You've got to walk out 15 minutes. And this right, this, oh. like many most churches would be have a um, a town or a village nucleated around them. They'd be at the, f- at the middle. This is... In the middle of nowhere. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Now, we're nearly at an end, you know, Rena. It's oh. been fabulous having you in the studio. Thank you. Oh, it's been a pleasure to meet you, and I hope all of you out there will embrace life with both hands, because someday it's going to be over. Amen. But um, <laughs> enjoy yourself. Be be good to your fellow man, and um, your family and friends are so important. And just live, laugh, and love.